and forgivenesses, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws which he set before us. Dearly beloved brethren, the scripture moveth us in sundry places to acknowledge and confess our manifold sins and wickedness, and that we should not dissemble nor cloak them before the face of Almighty God our Heavenly Father but confess them with a humble, lowly, penitent, and obedient heart, to the end that we may obtain forgiveness of the same by his infinite goodness and mercy. And although we ought at all times humbly to acknowledge our sins before God, yet ought we most chiefly so to do when we assemble and meet together to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hands, to set forth his most worthy praise, to hear his most holy word, and to ask those things which are requisite and necessary as well for the body as the soul. Wherefore I pray and beseech you, as many as are here present, to accompany me with a pure heart and humble voice, 
under the throne of the heavenly grace. Sing after me. Please kneel, the fable. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent. According to thy promises, declare unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord, and grant a most merciful Father for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, and hath given power and commandment to his ministers to declare and pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth and absolveth all those who truly repent and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, let us beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall shout forth thy praise. For God makes speed to save us, for Lord make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. The Venite on page 5. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with songs. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. 
hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepare the dry land. Lord, come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, on in not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. For when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, it is of people that you were in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, under whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my wrath. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The portion of the Psalter appointed for the 15th day of the morning prayer is found, uh, is begins with Psalm 79, found on page 466 of the Book of Common Prayer. Page 466. We'll say Psalm 79 through 81, verse 7. Psalm 79 through 81, verse 7, beginning on page 466. O God, the heathen are come into thine inheritance. Thy holy temple have they defiled, and made Jerusalem an heap of stones. The dead bodies of thy servants have they given to be meat under the fowls of the air, and the flesh of thy saints under the beasts of the land. Their blood have they shed like water on every side of Jerusalem, and there was no man to bury them. We are become an open shame to our enemies, a very scorn and derision unto them that are round about us. Lord, how long wilt thou be angry? Shall thy jealousy burn like fire forever? 
Pour out thine indignation upon the heathen that have not known thee, and upon the kingdoms that have not called upon thy name. For they have devoured Jacob, and laid waste his dwelling place. O remember not our old sins, but have mercy upon us and that soon, for we are come to great misery. Help us, O God, of our salvation for the glory of thy name. O deliver us and be merciful unto our sins for thy name's sake. Wherefore do the heathen say, Where is now their God? O let the vengeance of thy servant's blood that is shed be openly showed upon the heathen in our sight. O let the sorrowful sign of the prisoners come before thee. According to the greatness of thy power, preserve thou those that are appointed to die. And for the blasphemy wherewith our neighbors have blasphemed thee, reward thou them, O Lord, sevenfold into their bosom. So we that are thy people and sheep of thy pasture shall give thee thanks forever and will always be showing forth thy praise from generation to generation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hear, O thou shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a sheep, show thyself also, thou that sittest upon the cherubim, before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh, stir up thy strength and come and help us. Turn us again, O God. Show the light of thy countenance and we shall be whole. O Lord God of hosts, how long wilt thou be angry with thy people that prayeth? Thou feedest them with the bread of tears and givest them plenteousness of tears to drink. Thou hast made us a very strife unto our neighbors, and our enemies laugh us to scorn. Turn us again, thou God of hosts. Show the light of thy countenance, and we shall be whole. Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Thou madest room for it, and when it had taken root, it filled the land. The hills were covered with the shadow of it, and the boughs thereof were like the goodly cedar trees. She stretched out her branches unto the sea, and her boughs unto the river. Why hast thou then broken down her hedge, that all they that go by pluck off her grapes? The wild boar out of the wood doth root it up, and the wild beasts of the field devour it. Turn thee again, thou God of hosts, look down from heaven. Behold and visit this vine, and the place of the vineyard that thy right hand hath planted, and the branch that thou madest so strong for thyself. It is burnt with fire and cut down, and they shall perish at the rebuke of thy countenance. Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand, and upon the Son of Man, whom thou madest so strong for thine own self, and so will not we go back from thee. 
O let us live, and we shall call upon thy name. Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts. Show the light of thy countenance, and we shall be whole. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Sing we merrily unto God our strength. Make a cheerful noise unto the God of Jacob. Take the song, bring hither the tablet, the merry harp with the lute. Blow up the trumpet in the new moon, even in the time appointed and upon our solemn feast day. For this was made a statute for Israel and a law of the God of Jacob. This he ordained in Joseph for a testimony when he came out of the land of Egypt and had heard a strange language. I eased his shoulder from the burden and his hands were delivered from making the pots. Thou callest upon me in troubles and I delivered thee and heard thee what time as the storm fell upon thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. You may be seated. Here beginneth the third chapter of the book of Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, whose height was threescore cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the councils, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the province to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, and captains the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together under the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then an herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the coronet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee, 
They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up. Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was meant to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and rose up in haste, and spake, and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. Nor was an hair of their head sinned, neither were their coats changed, though the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and hath changed the king's word and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon.
They ran it the first lesson. The dog in the dead on page six. We praise thee, O God. We acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father everlasting. To thee all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the powers therein. To thee cherubim and seraphim, continually to cry. Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of the majesty, of thy glory. The glorious company of the apostles praise thee. The goodly fellowship of the prophets praise thee. The noble army of martyrs praise thee. The holy church throughout all the world doth acknowledge thee. The Father of an infinite majesty, thine honorable truth, and only Son, also the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Thou art the King of glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting Son of the Father, who when thou tookest upon thee to deliver man, thou didst not abhor the virgin's womb, who when thou hast overcome the sharpness of death, thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou sittest at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. We believe that thou shalt come to be our judge. We therefore pray thee, help thy servants, whom thou hast redeemed with thy precious blood. Make them to be numbered with thy saints in glory everlasting. O Lord, save thy people and bless thy heritage. Govern them and lift them up forever. Day by day, we magnify thee, and we worship thy name, ever worthy without end. Thou saith, O Lord, to keep us this day without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy lighten upon us, as our trust is in thee. O Lord, in thee have I trusted, 
Let me never be confounded. May be seated. Here beginneth the 17th verse of the fourth chapter of the Epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Ephesians. This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. It ran the second lesson. Please join me in the Benedictus on page 11. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hit us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he swear to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us. 
but we've been delivered out of the hand of our enemies. Might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And our child shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sin in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From then she shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please kneel if able. The Lord be with you, and with thy spirit. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save them that rule, and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness, 
and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people, and bless thy inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us, but only thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. The call it for the 19th Sunday after Trinity. O God, forasmuch as without thee we are not able to please thee, mercifully grant that thy Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom. Defend us, thy humble servants, and all the salts of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings may be ordered by thy governance, to do always what is righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Almighty God and merciful Father, to whom alone belong the issues of life and death, look down from heaven, we humbly beseech thee, with the eyes of mercy, upon this child Elsie, now lying upon the bed of sickness, Visit her, O Lord, with thy salvation. Deliver her in thy good appointed time from her bodily pain, and save her soul for thy mercy's sake, that if it shall be thy pleasure to prolong her days here on earth, she may live to thee and be an instrument of thy glory by serving thee faithfully and doing good in her generation. Or else receive her into those heavenly habitations where the souls of those who sleep in the Lord Jesus Enjoy perpetual rest and felicity. Grant this, O Lord, for thy mercy's sake. In the same thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. O Lord and giver of life, receive our prayer for Hannah and for the child she is carrying, that they may safely come to the time of birth and serving thee in all things, may rejoice in thy tender care. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The litany is found on page 31 of the Book of Common Prayer. Page 
gracious our prayers that we may keep holy in all our troubles and adversities whensoever they oppress us, and graciously hear us, that those evils which the craft and subtlety of the devil or man worketh against us be brought to naught, and by the providence of thy goodness they may be dispersed, that we thy servants, being hurt by no persecutions, may evermore give thanks unto thee and thy holy church. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. O Lord, arise, help us, and deliver us for thy name's sake. O God, we have heard with our ears, and our fathers have declared unto us the noble works that thou didst in their days, and in the old time before them. O Lord, arise, help us, and deliver us for thy honor. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, it is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. From our enemies, defend us, O Christ. For graciously look upon our Please join me in the seventh verse of Psalm 81, found on page 168 of the Psalms of David and Meter. We're going to believe, begin with the words, In Secret Place of Thundering. Page 168, In Secret Place of Thundering. Yeah. 
of thee there shall not be any strange god at all nor unto any god unknown thou bowing down shalt fall i am the lord thy god which did from egypt land Abundantly do thou it open wide. But yet my people to my voice would not attentive be. And in my chosen Israel he would have not of me. So to the loss of their own hearts, I them delivered. And then in councils of their own, they vainly That my people had me hurt, Israel my ways had chose. I had their enemies soon subdued, my hand turned on their foes. The haters of the Lord to Submission should have been, but as for them, their time should have forevermore remained. He should have also fed them with the finest of all Upon from the rock my fill, I should have made them eat. You may be seated. Reminder that Friday is a day of fasting or material abstinence as appointed by the Book of Common Prayer um, for the relief of the poor, the strengthening of our resolve against sin, and for a remembrance of our Lord's passion and death. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. 
In today's epistle, St. Paul delivers his own personal State of the Nations address. He uses the word Gentile, which is easy to kind of pass over, which means, of course, the, the nations or the people. He uses that word to describe all those outside of the eternal priestly kingdom, which is every Christian's true home. The borders of the Christian's new cross-shaped nation stretch through time and space, enfolding all those whose freedom was won at the Battle of Calvary. It is a nation for all the reborn men who await their true capital city, the new Jerusalem, fashioned by God himself. This great city, St. John saw in his exiled revelation, that city will soon descend from heaven, ushering in that perfect justice our flawed leaders are incapable of enacting. Today, St. Paul himself, suffering earthly injustice, reaches out to us from his imprisonment to remind the saints who they are, who they are and what they are becoming, in stark contrast to the Gentiles for whom evil has become a way of life. We should be a bit struck by how offensive this letter would have been to an unsaved Gentile, right? He doesn't mince words. Paul calls them ignorant, blind fools whose calloused hearts now embrace the darkness which gleefully smothers the good wherever it can. This is not very winsome. Uh, any Gentile hearing those words would surely have felt deeply insulted and been inspired to defend their pagan heritage. Is Paul being unfair? No. Paul is simply and uncompromisingly presenting the facts of the case. If God the Son has become a man to die on a cross in order to reveal the love and righteousness of God, then anyone, anyone who turns away from this perfect love and unmerited grace has revealed a dead heart in their chest. We might, however, be tempted to think Paul is only condemning the savage heathen of his own age, right? The people who executed disobedient slaves on crosses and considered raping and pillaging a just reward of the soldier. It's funny, these last few weeks have shown how silly that perspective is, right? But who wouldn't substitute the sublime reasoning of the first-century pagan Stoics over what passes for discourse today. Take Seneca, who died 30 years after our Lord, right? He wrote, Anger is a short madness, for it is equally devoid of self-control, regardless of decorum, forgetful of kinship, obstinately engrossed in whatever it begins to do, death to reason and advice and very like a falling rock which breaks itself to pieces upon the very thing which it crushes.
That's a beautiful turn of phrase. Very true, right? After spending the last few years of all of our lives watching grown men and women scream and yell and cry about today's politics, we should be well cured of any snobbery for our supposed modern enlightenment. No. The tears and rage and pain and lies on display in our beastly political culture are merely the symptoms of a attenuated spiritual blindness which imagines that the dying things of this world are of ultimate importance. The dying things of this world are of ultimate importance. We find, as Paul speaks to us, that this blindness has always afflicted the Gentiles. As he tells us in a parallel passage in Romans, he writes, Claiming to be wise, the Gentiles became fools. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. What does that sound like today? This is exactly like the psalm we just sang, right? In short, we find, when analyzing this incredible passage, we find that when evil seems to win in this world, it isn't because evil is more powerful than the good. No. It is because God is allowing the damned to experience hell on earth by giving them whatever their disordered minds most want. That's hell. Getting everything you want. Right? For us, it is easy to see this worship and service of the creature on display and those who will sacrifice everything to defeat their political opponents. But it's also on display in all those who sacrifice everything for sex or money or any of the other created things, our dead heart's desire rather than God. Worse, worse, it is also certainly on display when those called to be saints allow their walk, as Paul calls it, and he allow their walk, their speech, and their actions to be mirror images of their fallen Gentile neighbors. For example, this cuts to the core, for example, if we have talked more about politicians this week than Jesus, this rebuke is for us. If we've talked more about our hobby this week than Jesus, this rebuke is for us. If we have worshipped and served anything other than our Savior and King, this rebuke is for us. Because who we worship and serve is merely a reflection of who we really believe will save us. Right? It tells the truth on us. Right? Who do we believe will save us is whom we serve. There's no getting around it. St. Paul, sitting in a prison cell for his Lord, has no doubt who can actually save us. And so he shouts to the church in the pages of this letter, but that is not how you learned Christ. He tells us the truth is in Jesus. Of course, quoting from our Lord. The truth is in Jesus. 
And we must be clothed in the new humanity, the new man Jesus first presented to the world. The new way to be human, the ultimate way to be human. Entrance into this new life begins with our recreation, our spiritual rebirth by the Holy Ghost, which as we hear today is our guarantee of our whole body resurrection on the last day. Not how you feel, not the things you've done in your life. The Holy Spirit is your guarantee of your resurrection on the last day. And beautifully, in light of this regenesing, this regeneration, sealed in the waters of baptism, we now embrace the grace of God which called us from lives of darkness and death into lives of light and life. The tension in this passage, and there is tension, right, comes from the continual nature of this putting on and putting off analogy Paul uses. But just as Paul can use the word save, right, to mean a past, present, and future event, or call believers saints while commanding us to pursue sainthood, here again, especially when one compares Ephesians 4 and Colossians 3, Paul can lay stress on the permanent nature of the change which God has wrought in a believer, right, that permanent nature, while he also admonishes believers to be renewed constantly in the knowledge of that permanent transformation, right? Both those things are happening at the same time. In the life of the church, right, that Christ established himself, the Holy Spirit daily renews our mind through what? Through the gifts he's given us, through his word and his sacraments, so that we can recognize our new faces in the mirror, right, as James says. He drags us from the grave where we buried our old selves so we can know and live as the new creatures we are remade, reborn, regenerated after the likeness of God in righteousness and holiness. Right? The image is of us leaving a funeral for our old selves, looking back and going, I don't know, maybe I should go back and see that guy again, and the Holy Spirit dragging us away, back to light, back to life, away from death and the grave. And so, it is with spirit-renewed hearts and minds and bodies that God teaches us how to truly live. We see this in the way Paul presents it. Once we are freed from every lie our world tells us, freed from the false priests who seek to rob us of our destiny by making us bend the knee to their soulless death cults, they're everywhere and they want you. Once we're freed from that, we can live with the eternal purpose that is greater than ourselves, greater than the small, dying men who ask us to join them in their slow-motion suicide. We can be honorable and just in an increasingly dishonorable and unjust world because we are no longer slaves to the illusion that we must build heaven with our own two hands or that we must forge it from the tears and broken bodies of our enemies. God has already created heaven and he is bringing it to our earth near you, right? He is bringing it. Saving the earth is blessedly not our job. 
He was already saved when the young king of the universe climbed on a cross and bled for it. Already saved. It is finished, is not a lie. We are not the heroes of this story, blessedly. We're not Batman, right? Maybe at best, we're the policeman standing around who says, wow, when Batman saves the day. Maybe that's us. Or maybe more accurately. Maybe perhaps we're the criminal, saved from a life of crime by the intervention of a force he cannot resist. Maybe that's us. Right. The humility to see this truth is a gift we should be praying for every day. Because this gift prevents us from becoming the very monsters we wish to slay. So easy. It frees us. It frees us to focus on our actual mission. Which is to love God and our neighbors, as we talked about last week. This humble focus, right, which is what Paul is talking about as he continues on, this humble focus we are called to bear explains the command St. Paul lays upon us today. If we are not the ones who will save the world, we must become the pure instruments of him who has and is and will. The pure instruments. When we, through word and sacrament, become more and more united with the true savior of the world, we can actually experience the righteous anger he feels towards sin, but not let that anger turn us into something horrible. Not let that anger turn us into the sin we actually hate. Right? As the pure instruments of God, we can flee from sloth and greed so that our work is transformed from soulless drudgery or gluttonous hoarding into the means by which God helps those in need. As the pure instruments of God, our very words move from gossip and useless small talk into a conversational pathway by which the grace of God unlocks the hardened hearts of men. Every day, the Holy Spirit is moving us farther and farther from the purposeless waiting the heathens call life into the mighty rushing currents of the glorious purposes of God. Each moment, every moment, including the moments of our greatest pain and sadness. Every moment is another blessed opportunity to further and further and further align ourselves with God's saving work in the world. When we walk in this manner, when we talk as Christian men and women, we become the living ambassadors of God's forgiveness. We become those who bring his love to a lonely and desperate world. We live, we live, we truly live in the forgiveness that costs and changes and saves. And so, whether we are 9 or 90, it is always time for us to wear the new humanity Christ died to give us. Today and every day, let us wear the righteousness of Christ and let us joyfully live lives of purpose and meaning and ultimate truth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
page 251 of the Book of Common Prayer. Dearly beloved on Sunday next, I purpose, through God's assistance, to administer to all those who shall be religiously and devoutly disposed the most comfortable sacrament of the body and blood of Christ. We will receive by them in remembrance of his meritorious cross and passion, whereby alone we obtain remission of our sins and are made partakers of the kingdom of heaven. Wherefore it is our duty to render most humble and hearty thanks to Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, because he hath given his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, not only to die for us, but also to be our spiritual food and sustenance in that holy sacrament, which being so divine and comfortable a thing to those who receive it worthily, and so dangerous to those who presume to receive it unworthily, my duty is to exhort you in the meantime to consider the dignity of that holy mystery and the great peril of the unworthy receiving thereof, and so to search and examine your own consciences, and that not lightly, after the matter of dissemblers with God, but so that we may come holy and clean to such a heavenly feast, in the marriage garment required by God in Holy Scripture, and be received as worthy partakers of that holy table. The way it means that you is, First, to examine your life and conduct by the rule of God's commandments, and in whatsoever ye shall perceive yourselves to have offended, either by will, word, or deed, there to bewail your own sinfulness, and to confess yourselves to Almighty God with full purpose of amendment of life. And if ye shall perceive your offenses to be such as are not only against God, but also against your neighbors, then ye shall reconcile yourselves unto them being ready to make restitution and satisfaction according to the uttermost of your powers, for all injuries and wrongs done by you to any other, and being likewise ready to forgive others who have offended you, as you would have forgiveness of your offenses at God's hand. For otherwise, the receiving of the Holy Communion doth nothing else but increase your condemnation. Therefore, if any of you be a blasphemer of God, a hinderer or slanderer of his word, an adulterer, or be in malice or envy or any other grievous crime. Repent you of your sins, or else come not to that holy table. Lest after the taking of that holy sacrament, the devil enter into you, as he entered into Judas, and fill ye full of all iniquities, and bring into destruction both of body and soul. And because it is requisite that no man should come to the holy communion, but with a full trust in God's mercy and with a quiet conscience. Therefore, if there be any of you who by this means cannot quiet his own conscience or requireth further comfort or counsel, let him come to me or to some other discreet and learned minister of God's word and open his reading, that by the ministry of God's holy word he may receive the benefit of absolution, together with spiritual counsel and advice, to the quieting of his conscience and removing all scruple and doubtfulness. Please join me in hymn 557. Only mm -hmm. 
mercifully, O Lord, in these our supplications and prayers, and dispose the way of thy servants towards the attainment of everlasting salvation, that among all the changes and chances of this mortal life they may ever be defended by thy most gracious and ready help, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Please join me in hymn 423. 